You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them Kim Trails in the sky. Grand Rising, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. I want to welcome you to a wonderful What's the Word Wednesday. So excited because I get to dive in deep with Brian Callanan, who is joining us in the building. So it's been a minute since I've actually seen his face right here in the studio, and I'm so excited he's here to talk about all things going on tonight on Seattle News, Views, and Brews. But we're also, I told Brian, we got to have some discussion about some of the topics he's been covering. So I'm so grateful that he is here in the building but uh, of course it's the top of the show y'all so it's a great time to tag and share the stream please tag and share this stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey. If you can't watch us, you can always listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and the day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. Uh, whatever platform is your favorite, just search for us and y'all will find us there. Uh, just want to give a huge shout out to everybody who's making that happen behind the scenes. And of course, all of you who are out there sharing tagging, talking about it, spreading the word. Um, I'm always so uh, excited when somebody else, you know, reaches out to me and says, wow, you know, really appreciated that interview or man, thank you so much for getting that information out. So um, it's all because of y'all, you know, really sharing all of this amazing content here. And I really appreciate that. So I just want to make sure y'all always feel that for me on a daily basis. But, you know, we have been doing a lot of work here at Converge, and I'm so grateful to be a part of such a dedicated team of uplifting and sharing stories that oftentimes would not get told. And, you know, we find that we really fit into this amazing pocket that exists of, you know, maybe major new news outlets just don't have the time or maybe the connections to community to be able to know about certain things that are going on. And they only have so many human interest stories that they can do, right? So not only are we in bed here in the Pacific Northwest, but clearly we understand the value of stories being told across the country and globally while we were in Belize last year. So the idea is that, you know, we as a content team and a media company can go out and make sure that we utilize our lived experience and perspective and how we tell stories is so key to the entire way that we go about doing our business here. And uh, for me as a young person, this is like a dream team. And I'm telling you guys, I have worked with some of the top cinematographers and editors and, uh, you know, uh, sound guys and lighting. I mean, everybody's speciality means that when we tell stories, we do it in the best way we possibly can. And so just shout out to everybody who pours in to Converge. All of the people that we work with um, have really blown me away. And one of the projects that I'm so excited we were able to be a part of was telling the story of the soul pole. And uh, for those of you who do not know, the soul pole is an amazing totem pole that sits right there at Douglas Truth Library. 
and it was deteriorating. And for some, maybe this wasn't a story they were able to pick up on, but we connected with Black Heritage Society, Stephanie Johnson Tolliver, SJT, of course, got us in the loop. And then um, along with Black Heritage Society and the Seattle Public Libraries and Historic Seattle, um, there was just this whole recognition of the work that we did on the Soul Poll. So we got our 2022 Preservation Award, Preserving Neighborhood Character uh, from Historic Seattle, the Educate, Advocate, and Preserve uh, institution right here in the city of Seattle. And they awarded uh, this to us for the Soul Pole film. So I, I'm kind of covering a little bit of it up. But there you see it right there. Uh, uh, this right here is really exciting. Thank you so much, Historic Seattle, for this uh, amazing award to recognize our work on the Soul Pole. Uh, we did show it several times. We made sure it got out there. But if you have not seen our film on the Soul Pole, please, uh, you guys can go to wherewecoverge.com. If you scroll down, you'll actually see our film right there uh, from the Soul poll work. And for me, connecting with all of these amazing individuals who were sharing some of the history um, as well as the work of the preservation itself, it was so important to make sure community was a part of this story and understood what was going on behind the scenes. Because we know that a lot of folks were saying, wait a minute, they're taking it down. We got to make sure they put it back up. That is a piece of history. We want to make sure they do what's right by it. And to be able to follow that process on the inside meant that I had some amazing insight as to how all of that was working. And so kudos to everybody uh, who worked on the Soul Poll, all those who were advocates uh, to be sure that we were holding uh, not, not just the library, but, you know, the preservation uh, company that was working uh, to ensure that when we put it back up, that it's going to withstand the test of time, withstand weatherization. So um, this was such an amazing feat by everybody involved. And again, really appreciate the uh, historic Seattle uh, organization for recognizing our work on the Soul Pole and receiving the 2022 Preservation Award. Oh my goodness, you guys. I love it here because we get so much love from community and it's because all of you out there are engaged with our work. Thank you so much uh, for pouring into us. And again, this award is something we definitely wanted to celebrate. So make sure you guys go to the website, scroll down, you guys will be able to see the Soul Pole film right there. It's an amazing uh, understanding and depiction of the history and also bringing it forward. Well, of course, after this break, I'm really excited, y'all, because Brian Callanan is in the building. We're going to be diving into all things going down tonight on Seattle News, Views, and Brews, as well as some of the amazing topics Brian's been covering the last few weeks while he has been out of studio. I'm so excited to dive in with him right after this short break. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. A world of wonder awaits at Pacific Northwest Ballet's The Nutcracker. Treat your loved ones to the Northwest's favorite holiday tradition at Seattle Center's McCall Hall. Tickets start at $27. Visit pnb.org. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. 
We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I want to welcome you to What's the Word Wednesday with Brian Callanan. What's the word, Brian? How are you, buddy? I got, I'm got. i great. I guess it's good to be back. I can't. I mean, when you go for a few weeks without a dose of dopeness, that's that's a lot, Trey. I'm just saying. It's really good to see you. <laughs> yeah, you as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love uh, that you've been out here doing the work. And so we just appreciate you being able yeah. to make time to be here with us today. Busy but time. I, I yeah. want to talk about something outside of Seattle News, yeah, yeah. Fuse and Bruce for a second. We both got to see the brilliance that is The Wiz. Yeah. And I have to give you time to tell me more about your experience. I, it's, it's, uh, it's a personal experience for me in a lot of different ways. I'm, I'm remember it when I was a kid very very briefly I guess just seeing it as a shoot I must have been five or six or something when I checked it out on TV etc uh, but I it was a visceral thing for me uh, I went to the theater bought my daughter for the first time she'd never been to the fifth Ave that was very cool and we had a connection in that uh, Nikki Womack who is the associate choreographer for the show Nikki shout out to you uh, she did such a fantastic job um, working, of course, with the other uh, folks involved there. But uh, we were just so blown away by the work that happened with the dance that was going on there, with the music that was going on. Uh, B. Russell just blew it out as the whiz. I, I really, the performances, they really kind of just kept on hitting me throughout the whole show. I mean, it wouldn't stop, right? So um, anyway, it had that personal connection because Nikki's a friend of our family. And uh, it was just a really cool family tradition. I thought very cool. I remember reading it in the program. Maybe it's not the traditional, you know, Christmas holiday kind of thing you would see in the theater, but like, let's try out a new tradition. And why not? I mean, it's a great, great entertaining show. Uh, couldn't get enough of uh, tap dancing Tin Man. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Other, I don't want to oversell, but I think I already did. You got to go see it. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, I agree. And I, I love being able to celebrate the excitement because it takes me back to my childhood. Sure. There's something so special about live theater. Mm -hmm. It's very different than, you know, uh, going to a movie or something. You think, oh, these movie stars are Hollywood. They yeah. don't live here. You know, to be able to celebrate folks who, you know, some of them coming from right here right. Uh, and, you know, showcasing their dynamic dynamic talent mm -hmm. and skill and for me that's like man you're right here there's something so so connected yeah. about you being on stage and me being able to watch you do your thing yeah so uh, i just i I absolutely loved it. Can't wait to go again. Yeah. Uh, it was snowing when we were supposed to go oh, this past weekend. I so see. I'm I'm trying to get there again. But I okay. uh love, love this show. And I'm so glad that you guys had a great time oh, as well. Yeah. And I'm I don't want to mispronounce her first name, Kataka as as Dorothy. Yeah, is that yeah. how you pronounce it? A star is born. Yeah. Wow, what a voice. Great, great talent. Amazing. Really impressive. Yeah. But yeah, definitely something for y'all to catch. Make sure you guys go to Fifth Avenue uh and they'll go to their website. Uh get these tickets. You know, this is like you said. It's a, a great way to celebrate uh, family time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love that you, your daughter went, and, yeah. and I'm sure she enjoyed oh, it. Oh, she had a blast. Yeah. And, it, and it's a cool family show. And I think a lot of the themes that are in that show, talking about family coming back together, I mean, and friends kind of coming together in different ways, it's uh, it's fantastic and super funny, too. That's yeah. kind of left out of it. But there's so <laughs> many funny lines in there. I was 
I was laughing. I was crying. I had a, I, anyway, I, I had a really, really great experience. With oh, it. I'm so glad. Well, Brian, yeah. like I said, you've been very busy yeah. and uh, there's a lot of things to cover, particularly because I know that budget session was huge. Just wrapped up last uh, yeah, week. Yeah. yeah, just wrapping up. I really want to kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit where we are now at this point. Yeah, I, we're we're done. Uh, the budget has been signed that seven point four billion dollar package that the uh, that the council's been working on for several months is actually now done and delivered. So now is the part where we kind of pull apart the different pieces that are going to come out of that. Uh, this week on the show, we're talking more specifically about some of the impacts on homelessness, which is a huge concern for everybody in our area. And specifically, we were talking about a report from the Hope Team. This is the Homeless Outreach Provider Ecosystem. I think I have that mm. acronym right, but this is a team that's set up by the city that actually deals with some of these different encampments that are out there that are unauthorized. And this is an interesting point of tension, if you will, because the HOPE team is the team that actually goes out there on the day that cleanup or sweep happens. The other agencies that are involved, like the uh, King County Regional Homelessness Authority, they don't want to necessarily have their teams associated with that sweep time. So someone's got to do it. <clears throat> and it, excuse me, it turns into the city's hope team that is involved with that. And that's that's an interesting thing to think about there in terms of how that outreach goes. But in this budget, the mayor had proposed earlier a couple of months ago to put some dollars towards the hope team such that they could have a... I guess, a regional impact, and I'm talking within the city regional impact. Let's make sure we've got uh, some folks up on the north side, make sure we got some folks on the south side, east side, west side, all that kind of coverage. The city looked at that, excuse me, the city council looked at that and said, okay, see what you're doing here, but we really kind of want to go all hands on deck with the work the King County Regional Homelessness Authority is doing. So we're going to divert that money that you want to put in the HOPE team and put it over here. That doesn't mean the HOPE team's going away or anything like that, but its work uh, will not have that expanded role that the mayor had wanted it to have. So I think the city's trying to recognize that the Regional Homelessness Authority is doing some really good work and they want to continue to support that. The RHA had actually, actually asked for a lot more in terms of support from the city. So the city didn't give all the RHA wanted there, but did give a significant amount to try to continue that work. And so what I thought was interesting, and just to go down this HOPE team thing for one more second here, the HOPE team was actually supposed to make a presentation to the Seattle City Council this week. They had a report. It was actually on the docket as of just a couple of days ago. Uh, they ended up pulling that report. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know what, what wasn't prepared, but I was actually able to download it and look at it. And the very interesting part here, and this is where it gets a little confusing for people, you have all these different agencies that the RHA deals with, these social service agencies that actually do the outreach. They go out there, uh, teams like Reach, uh, things of this nature, they go out there, they go to these camps, they have this by name list now, and they're saying, okay, you need this. Oh, I remember you. We're going to hook you up with this. Okay, you, you need this over here. Anyway, they've got this by name list, but some of the challenges involved with that are trying to make sure that these different agencies who are doing the work are actually using that list, adding names to that list. And this whole issue of data management, it's a major, major part of what the RHA is about. And very importantly, as the RHA looks to renew, potentially renew the contracts of these social service providers next year, they're going to say, okay, where's the data? What have you done here? What have you done here? And so the metric that they've been using a lot of times of, hey, how many shelter referrals have you put out there? They're saying, wait a minute, all these guys are doing shelter referrals, or maybe they're not. We're not so sure in our data. But is the point really about having the referral 
or is it about getting someone actually inside? They take that referral and then they use it. And so what the RHA and I think the city is going through right now is this whole idea of how do we manage our data and how do we do this in such a way that we're fair to these different different social service agencies, but how do we measure them properly to say, okay, you did a good job, you did a good job, you get your contract back, you get yours back. It's a really confusing kind of thing. And I hope I explained a little piece of it to you there, Trey, but that's kind of where we're going right now with the homelessness budget for the city, at least a brief part of it, and then the homelessness budget for the RHA overall. Well, this is a really a topic that I love to get into, and yeah. I really appreciate your insight on this, Brian, because uh, it does get confusing. When I hear this, the, the best thing that I can deduce is collaboration is key here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you are going to have, okay, so we got King County Regional Homelessness Authority yep. here, right? We got Seattle's city hope team mm -hmm. here, yep, yep. right? Hope team is kind of doing more of the sweeps and maybe yep. they're doing some of, some of this work is overlapping because I don't want to just yeah, say that yep. they're only doing sweeps. Of course not. So yeah, maybe yep. they're doing some outreach too, but KCRHA is doing, that's what they're primarily doing yep. is outreach and trying to get people services. Yes. Now that also involves a third tier because mm. it's not, the KCRHA staff that's going out to do this True. particular outreach. Right. So now they've contracted with third-party agencies yep. to make that work happen. Mm -hmm. Those agencies then and KCRHA all need to be connected with yeah. whatever shelters they're referring people to right. in order for the data to be more concrete and solid. Yeah. If you know that this agency that is contracted by RHA mm -hmm. has uh, given this one individual a referral mm -hmm. to go to this, you know, these maybe three or four shelters. Sure. Maybe it's some some of a wide variety. Yeah. They have to then have contact with those four shelters to mm -hmm. say, okay, over the last week, I've referred, you know, 200 people to your space. In particular, how many have showed up? Right. Let me get that name data. Yeah. There, there needs to be a a cycle of how this information is shared in order for us to close the gap. Yeah. And really it would dilute the confusion that exists out there. I think it would too. And I hear exactly what you're saying. And I should point out that this work is going on, trying to make sure this happens. The interesting point is this though, Trey, when these referrals are made and let's say a person actually, uh, a person who's homeless actually goes to one of these places, some of these spots, these shelters or whatever else, don't necessarily have the staff in place to say, okay, let me make sure we're getting this in the computer with all the paperwork and what's your name and all that kind of stuff. It's mainly, it's like, let's just get you in the door. This is an emergency and that's good, right? We want to get those people in the door, but I would have to say just as important is making sure we get that data recorded too. So I think a part of it is making sure these different providers are kind of up to speed on what the RHA wants. That's going to take some time. And I know that uh, Mark Dones has talked a lot about functional zero homelessness in downtown Seattle sometime in 2023. I really want that to happen, but this is the big issue I think they're dealing with right now, making sure that their providers are actually coming through on these names or whatever else, and that they actually have the staffing and the ability to do this. Because again, you want people inside, right? That's the emergency. But the other piece to that is, okay, now we need to measure how this happens so that these different agencies are accountable. Hopefully these people who are checking into shelter are accountable too for themselves and can actually connect with services as they need to. But um, th this is this whole issue of data management is a big, big deal. Getting everybody on the same page and using the same system, 
that's a lot. And that's kind of what's happening right now. Yeah, this is this is why I think there needs to be a huge investment in the infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, you, it's great to have all of these agencies yeah. and, and those agencies provide jobs. I get it. Yep. But also to a part of where where I think uh, this work needs to go is a connected infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, and these agencies, uh, these like shelters, you know, homeless centers, whatever, resource mm-hmm. centers, yeah. they need to be uh, resourced yeah. in, in a way that really connects to the issue. Yeah. Um, so this is really interesting. And yeah. and I and I and then I, I go as we develop new systems, I'm yeah. thinking about what uh, King County Council member Gramai Zahalai is working on with these crisis centers. It's a big deal. I think about how that also connects to what we're talking about in terms of yeah. resources right. and another uh, oppor- opportunity for those who need the help to get it when they need it. Yeah. But yet still how do we measure success yeah how do we measure if this is working particularly because these are you know tax dollars yep. oftentimes going into the yep. funding for these things and we can't oh, yeah. just keep having you know uh, another agency created another agency created when they're not speaking to one another that's true and i guess what i will say is it's not like this work isn't happening it, it's starting to gel and we're seeing some signs of progress from the RHA, I should point that out, their emergency housing voucher program that they put in place during COVID, et cetera, that has had twice the amount of responses, just about any of the other major cities around the US. That's a big deal wow. that they're able to get that partnership. They have people who have lived experience with homelessness who are working as outreach workers out on the streets. And I should point out, you mentioned earlier, um, it's not necessarily the staff of KCRHA. There are some staff members who are doing this outreach That's work, good. but there's a lot of it going on with these different service providers, which is a concern. So uh, this work is happening. And I was actually just at a meeting this morning of this HCC, the Housing Command Center. Usually they meet over at the Emergency Operations Center for the city. It's kind of like you know war room type of atmosphere mm-hmm. in there. And it's pretty cool. Uh, what I noticed in this meeting was a lot of different people were at the table. You had the Downtown Seattle Association. You had the Partnership for Zero. Those are the people who are providing some philanthropic dollars to try to make this work and solve the problem of homelessness as best they can. You've got people who represent different shelters there. You've got people who represent some of these outreach teams, the HOPE team as well. So what I heard around that table was people are are getting engaged here and these different partners are at literally at the table. They're meeting every day to try to work on these types of issues. So um, I'm enthused by the idea that these people are coming together. I'm not 100% sure about this goal of zero functional downtown homelessness in Seattle, but the kind of, and we talk about it on the podcast tonight I do with Kevin Schofield, it's this kind of vicious or hopefully virtuous cycle where, okay, we're trying to solve this problem. We need some more dollars to do it. I don't think anybody would would disagree with that. We need some more resources or however you want to put it. We need some more resources to do that, but you need to trust us first before we get those dollars. So how do we get that trust and do it in a timely way mm. such that, you know, such that the, that cycle continues. So uh, the KCRHA is doing its best to try to show some results. As I said, I think there are some early results that look good. The fact that the city of Seattle is investing Shoot, it's about a half billion dollars into affordable housing over the next two years. I think that's going to help in terms of resources that are out there. But again, this is one of those situations where this next year of 2023, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on the RHA after having a lot of trouble getting started. You remember, it took a long time for Mark Dones to be the CEO to actually decide that piece of it. He's finally starting, excuse me, they're starting to hit their stride a little bit better. And I think next year is really the year when 
a lot of people who might be frustrated right now and they have every right to be, they're going to say, okay, what are the results that we have in hand? Well, I also too want to acknowledge, I'm so glad we're diving into this. Uh, I want to acknowledge that I, I am uh, glad that Seattle city council recognized a need to resource KCRHA more. I think that KCRHA has done some innovative strategies already that have proven successful. So it's great to hear that. And for me, this is about, okay, the next level of it, that kind of connectivity that we're talking about. How do we fill those voids? Um, How do they ensure that, you know, infrastructure is being created across the board that allows for the infrastructure pieces to all speak to one another? Because that is something that oftentimes is the burden of somebody who's receiving services. And I'll tell you this. Uh, a, a few years ago, I was homeless. Like mm-hmm. I was actually homeless for several months with my sons. And I'm grateful that I have family out here who wouldn't just allow me to be in, in you know, in my car yeah. or whatever. But yeah. it doesn't mean that we didn't spend nights in my car yeah. or, you know, what. So uh, that piece is real for me. And I realized as a person who was on the other side of it, I said to myself, man, this is no fun for those who are experiencing it. No. And, and it's the burdens on them to be like, okay, from this agency to this agency, they were taking my information, Brian, yeah, you know, yeah. they were like, you know, we need to make sure that we're documenting right. you being yep, here, yep. all of that. So maybe it changed during the pandemic. I understand. Yeah. But also too, oftentimes we have to think about somebody who is in need going through these different oh, systems, yeah. the different systems aren't talking to the one another. It takes to it's, do that. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, I'm constantly having to be vulnerable to tell you why I'm even here. Right, and right. I have to pour my entire story out to sure. you just for you to create a file on me. Yeah, yeah. Why can't there be a universal file on me yeah. so that when I am, when my kids are getting McKinney Vento, for instance, yeah. that that then triggers a bunch of other things to say, okay, yeah. this family obviously yeah. may need X, Y, Z. I had to go from one agency, to another to another and I had to constantly do that over and over again so that's what I'm saying in terms of like my own lived experience speaks to this you know I I I hear you and and I thank you for sharing that with me that's a lot to share and and I appreciate you saying it I guess what I would say with this I think a lot of these workers that are out on the street they're sort of balancing this idea to okay the emergency let's get people inside they also want to respect the privacy of the people they're dealing with to an extent But then we come back to this point of, okay, how are we going to get you help? And I will say, I think uh, I'm very sorry that you went through the experience that you did. But in comparison with a lot of people who are on the street, maybe living in in vehicles or whatever else, they don't have uh, even a scrap of those kind of resources. Some people that are living on the street don't even have proper identification. They call them not on paper uh, in a lot of times. And so just think about that. Okay, wait, you don't have an ID? How are we going to actually get you into this place where you're going to stay. I mean, I, for Seattle channel, I did this a couple of weeks ago, talked to a guy who, and this was pretty cool. Talked to a guy who was living in a tent uh, under an overpass near T-Mobile, right? He connected with an outreach worker from KCRHA. And over the course of that day, we actually cleaned up his tent and all that, put the cardboard over there, all that kind of stuff. All right, we're moving out. Got on the light rail, went up to the U district. And over the course of a day, It took several hours for a lot of this paperwork to get through, but he was in a place. He was in an apartment there, an affordable living place. KCRHA is paying the first year worth of rent there, but it was like, whoa, check out what happened to this guy. Going through some drug issues and whatever else, but he actually has a place to stay, has figured out a job. And so these are the different things that these outreach workers are able to do. 
the whole issue there is, okay, that's one great success story. How do we multiply that by yeah. thousands? And yeah. and that's and that's the continuing challenge, I guess, we're talking about here, Trey. It really is. And I just love being able to dive into yeah. this, Brian. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, in, in the, the last uh, couple minutes, I mean, what else is, can folks expect on the episode tonight? Yeah, thanks. We're diving into this homeless issue quite a bit. We're talking about this whole concept of the partnership for zero and the whole idea to have zero functional homelessness. We talked a little bit about what that is in 2023 in downtown Seattle. So we're talking about that a little bit more. Uh, Kevin actually had a really interesting deep dive on what it means to prosecute a former president. We're talking about a lot of that in the headlines right now with former President Trump. So he had a really good piece about that that I wanted to draw people's attention to. But there's a ton going on with the show. Oh, I should also point out the Seattle City Council is making permanent this whole idea for the street street side cafes, et cetera, the sidewalk cafes. We're diving into that a little bit, too. Some of the different paperwork that's going on there. So there's a lot to trail here. Uh, I really appreciate people tuning in. Seven o'clock tonight, Seattle News, Views and Brews right here on Converge if you want to hit me up at Callanan Seattle. That's the way to do it on Twitter. And Trey, once again, I thank you for having me here. Wow. I'm so glad that you got to come into the studio me today. Too. Hey, Curtis knows every time I'm like, oh man, I could be talking to Brian so much <laughs> about this stuff. Thank you so much. It's yeah. always a pleasure. Appreciate your knowledge. Appreciate you sharing. Back at you, Trey. Thank you. Absolutely. You guys, I get to wrap it up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Join us this holiday season at the Fifth Avenue Theater and feel the power of love overflowing with The Whiz. Filled with soaring soul and R&B songs, it's an effervescent explosion of music, dance, and magic your whole family will love. Ease on down the yellow brick road with Dorothy as she learns home isn't really where you live. It's who you love. The Wiz at the Fifth Avenue Theater, November 19th through December 23rd. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. Welcome back, everybody, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. So grateful for Brian uh, being in the building today. It's always so good to talk to him uh, and really dive deep on what's going down tonight on Seattle News Views and Brews. But for me, it's also just great to be able to have, be in conversation with somebody who is so in tune to what's going on right here throughout City Council, City Hall. The issues that they are talking about are so key to us being able to hold our elected officials accountable. So make sure you guys are tuning in on Wednesdays uh, right here on Converge Media at 7 p.m. for Seattle News Views and Brews so you too can be engaged and informed in the civic processes that are all around us happening on a daily basis, y'all. Shout out to uh, Kevin Schofield for stepping in for David Crowman. So I know it's going to be another great episode tonight. Of course, I'm always inspired by Brian, but I want you guys to be inspired by him as well and be inspired by what you can learn by tuning in and finding ways to stay engaged and, of course, see yourself as a part of the solution. Well, for me, until tomorrow, y'all, at 11 a.m. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.